Here we go. Now, he said, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built the tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. All right, let me tell you how that applies to us today. God sent his only begotten son and he gave him to us and we put him on a cross and it was prophesied that he would die for our sins. Here we are in the New Testament, the new covenant, the new promise that we live by grace. Oh, he made us better. He got, we got it better than the Jews ever had before. We can pray anywhere we want to pray. Christ died to be the high priest. We don't have to have a sacrifice. Christ died to be the sacrifice. We don't have to go, uh, to to a, a, a tabernacle to have church we we can have church any day of the week every day is a sabbath day every day is a day of worship you can pray all the time you have repentance all the time we have it great it is better it's never been better i would rather be a christian now under grace than 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 them under the law because then he we he has fulfilled the law and how does he fulfill the law we fulfill the law in two commandments to love god with all of our heart all of our so all of our mind and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves he has built us a fine way of living and yet he gets sour grapes we still murmur we still complain we still go to church with no fear of god just like they did in the days of old just like they did in the old testament every man does what he think is right in his own mind we have our own god in our mind our own jesus in our mind that we we don't got the jesus in the bible we got the jesus who we think he should be and what we think he should say and we work him into our schedule we don't revolve our life around him if we got time for him and then we try to remember him we forget him in the good times but we remember him in the bad and you have to understand that's in the book Job 37 he causes the snow he causes the storms either for correction or for the land or for mercy somehow some way he will get us to cry out to him during the coronavirus everything was shut down but people was praying he will make you pray during 9-11 people was praying God God either allows or calls everything to happen but if we don't do it he said he'll make the rocks cry out do you understand what I'm trying to tell you this morning do you understand what I'm trying to say when I tell you that God made us a choice vine, but instead of giving good fruit, we give off wild grapes? He said, Oh, and now, O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard. Oh, you, he said, if you love the world, you're an enemy to God. He said, you got to pick. You got to choose who you're going to serve. Either you serve Christ 100%. He said in Luke 14, if you don't hate mother, father, brother, sister more than you love me. He says, you cannot be my disciples. You have to choose. Christ don't know what it means to be second place. He don't want 99.9. .9. He wants 100%. Of everything you got, you got to make a choice. Either you serve Christ or you don't. 
He said, what could have done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked at it, it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. What more could he have done? He gave us his son on Calvary's cruel cross to die for our sins. He took the beating. He took the cat of nine tails. He took the crown of thorns on his head. What else could he do? He absolved our sins. He became the advocate. He became the mediator. He became Christ, the one that the bridge between us and God, because God can't look on us in sin. So Christ became our advocate. And when God looks at us, he either sees us two ways. He sees the blood of his son applied to us, or he sees us in Adam. How does he see you? Does he see you in Adam? A man that's not repented, a woman still living like she wants to? Or does she, does he see you in Christ? Does he see you in repentance? Does he see you living the best you can by the word of God? Does he see your walk? Does he see your talk? Does he look down on you and say them are pure intentions? That person is fully committed. Or does he see somebody doing what they want to do? He says, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the heads thereof, and it shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it to waste. It shall not be pruned or digged, but there shall become a briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain. No rain upon it. What is he saying? If you won't sin bad enough, He'll let you have it. God ain't going to make you do nothing. God give us the free will to do whatever we want. Prisons are full of it to prove it. Look at our society. Look at what they're pushing. The homosexual agenda is being pushed on commercial after commercial after commercial. They show it on everything. Two men raising kids. Two women raising kids. They're pushing it. They're defying. They're defying God. Making a mockery of how he ordained it to be. Can you not see the demonic attack on the church today? Homosexuals in the pulpit. That cannot be. That cannot be. It can't be a drunkard in the pulpit. It can't be a gossiper in the pulpit. It can't be a fornicator in the pulpit. It cannot be. The man in the pulpit, although his sins are no better or no worse than the ones that sit down and listen to him, but the office of the pulpit should be a man who's living as close to the Word of God as possible. And I'm telling you, you better know your Bible because a homosexual is an abomination to God. So is the fornicator, so is the adulterer, and so is the bestiality. Look at Leviticus 18. The laws hasn't changed. Yes, Love covers a multitude of sin, but love does not allow us to willfully sin. He tells us to repent. He tells us to turn from our wicked ways. But if you look at the world today, the demonic activity, 
ain't never been so higher and so greater than what we see today when everything they're pushing is against the word of Christ. Everything they're pushing is against the Bible. They're trying to tell us it's okay to abort our babies. They're trying to tell us it's okay to, to use age-appropriate drugs. It's okay for our kids to use drugs. That Our children at the age of four or five can tell if they're male or female. They're trying to tell us that being a homosexual is perfectly fine. Nowhere in the Bible does God say sin is okay. He never gives you an excuse for sin. He never told David. He never told Isaiah. He never told Jeremiah. He never told Moses, Noah, Daniel. None of them. None of them. None of them. He never told Peter, James, Paul. None of the disciples. Paul said sin should not be named once among you. We should not be in sin. You should not be in sin and you shouldn't agree with sin. Let every man be a liar, but the word of God be true. If it don't line up with this word of God, don't you dare go to a church that's got a pastor or a preacher that ain't doing the best they can possibly do. I know I might be making somebody mad, but look, if the if, if the blood's going to be on my hands, if I don't tell you the truth, I'm getting the blood off me today. You ain't going to be able to accuse me and not telling you the truth. If your pastor ain't living up to what he's supposed to be, don't go to his church. Paul said, lest I be disqualified. You can be disqualified as a pastor. But who's got to disqualify you? The church. But the problem is, if the pastor's living in sin, the church ain't going to disqualify him because that means they can too. If your pastor drinks, that means you get to drink. If your pastor's running around, you say it's okay to run around. Pastors, you better listen to me. You better examine yourself. Take yourself up out that pulpit if you ain't living right. Because you got the blood of all them people on your hands. And I love you, Pastor. I don't even know who I'm talking to, but I love you. And I don't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what God's going to do to the pastor that unrepents and leads his church away. The Bible says it had been better if he'd never known the word than to know it and turn from it, especially to teach against it. He said, for the vineyard of the Lord is the host, is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Listen to this. He said, it tells you right there, the men of Judah, he's talking about people. We are the grapes. The wild grapes are the good grapes. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. In other words, woe unto them who just live day for day. Woe unto them who have the cares of this life that becomes more important than the cares of what God wants you to do. You think more about making money. You think more about your job. You think, you know, uh, I, I got people in my family that are working double shifts but can't find time for church. I got people in my family that are work 28 days and then be off for 28 days and not find any time to go to church on 30 days at home. Too busy. Got to catch up on too much stuff than to go to church one Sunday out of the month. You see, I'm talking about my own. But I think I'm talking about some of y'all too. He says, In my ears, said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. Yet ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of a homer shall yield an epaph. 
Oh, he's talking about some of the last days. He's talking about what's coming, judgment. Yeah, he says, Woe unto them that rise up early. Listen to me. Listen to this very plainly. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink. That continue into the night till wine inflame them. Oh, that was me. That was me before I got saved. Woke up drinking, went to bed drinking. So all I did was drink. Woe unto that man that rise up early. Oh, and if you'd have asked me then, I wasn't even going to church. Wasn't even close to being saved, but I would have told a lie and told you I was saved. And there I was, living like a devil. Drunker and cruder brown. And just because I could quote scripture, just because I preached at the age of 14, I thought I was saved because I raised my hand. And the pastor told me I was saved, but I was living like a devil. I was going straight to hell. I had no thought of my own actions. None whatsoever. But I'd been deceived. But something happened one day at an altar at a little old country church out in the middle of nowhere. I thought about my life and I realized the fruit I was living. My fruit showed me I was headed to a place called hell. And I went to that little altar and I cried. Big old ugly fat boy, I cried. I didn't care. I didn't care who seen me cry. I had snot run. Oh, it's nasty. I had snot all in my mustache and beard. It was gross. But I never felt more cleaner in all my life. I ain't never felt so good. I ain't never felt it again. I felt forgiveness for the first time. And I made a vow to the Lord. I would never be that old man again. And praise be to God. He's the only one that could have kept this stubborn old fool from going back. All glory to God. I didn't do it. All I did was hang on for the ride. I made a vow to God. And I swore I would never drink again. I would never smoke again. I would never curse again. I would never lust again. And I have lived that life to the best of my ability ever since ever since and it's all because I had a heart transplant when I got up from that altar I, I felt forgiveness when I got up from that altar I didn't hate I wasn't angry I, I wasn't the same man I was a new creature in Christ them old things that passed away I didn't have a desire to drink I didn't have a desire to sin I didn't want to do those things I felt dirty thinking about those things it wasn't me no more somehow or another I was transformed but he said woe unto them that do that now listen to what they do. They listen to strong, they they, they, they drink strong, strong drink. Now listen to what they listen to. And the harp and the vial, the tabernacle and the pipe and wine are in their feast, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of that. In other words, they get drunk and listen to music. They get drunk and throw down. Oh, let me tell you, is that not a, is that not the people you see around you today? Just party and drink and smoke weed and do dope and listen to the radio. Just listen to the rap and the country and the rock and all this other junk. All this worldly music all day long. Just drink. Is that not society today? Is that not what our children are doing? They're playing video games and getting high. They have no regard for the work of the Lord. None. But whose job is it to get out there and tell them it's yours and mine? 
Therefore, my people are going into captivity. How are they going into captivity? They are in bondage to the alcohol. They're in bondage to the Facebook. They're in bondage to the TV. They're in bondage to the to pornography. They're in bondage to the phone and the video games. We're in bondage to, 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 the, to the four-wheelers and all the toys and the things of this life. Because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Listen to 14. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. He that rejoices shall descend into it. Oh, listen to it. Let's do it again. Hell hath enlarged herself. Hell's gotten bigger. And opened her mouth without measure. Hell's a large place. And their honorable men are famished, their multitude dried up with thirst, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, in other words, their pride. Oh, how much pride do we see? Men are too prideful. Women are too prideful. Don't tell me about alpha women and alpha men. I know about alpha women. Alpha women, they, they want to run everything. I got a bunch of them in my family. I made my, my daughters alpha daughters. I taught them wrong. Oh, did I teach them wrong? I told them don't take nothing off of no man. I was wrong for that. I didn't teach them to submit. I didn't teach them to serve. I didn't teach them to help. I didn't teach them to accept man half, woman half. I didn't teach them biblical principles because I didn't know them at the time. I wasn't living that way. I didn't teach my boys how to be men of God. I taught them how to be men in the world. I was wrong. Every way I raised my kids was wrong. The way I loved my wife was wrong. I've done nothing right except except accept Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior. That's it. Everything else I did was wrong. The only right thing I've ever did in my whole life is accept Jesus Christ. That's it. That is it. That's the only thing I ever did good. Everything before that, as Paul said, was counted for dung. It meant nothing. I'm trying to tell you today, hell wasn't made for you and me. Hell was made for the fallen angels. But you will live forever. Your soul will live forever, either in heaven or hell. And Jesus described hell. He said it was a horrible place, a place of wailing, a place of pain, a place of gnashing teeth. You're going to have some sort of body that will feel pain, pain that will never end, dark flames, the darkest of flames, no love. No repentance, nothing but loneliness and pain for eternity. All because you was too prideful to humble yourself and surrender to Jesus Christ and then surrender to his will of how to live. A lot of us have went to the altar and made that confession, but that's where it stopped. We never got up. And did what we were supposed to do. Surrender to the Lord. Live by his commandments. 
Love your neighbor. Get hate out of your heart. If you want to learn how to live as a Christian, the greatest piece of literary work ever done, Christ taught his disciples. In Matthew 5, he said, he sat down and taught his disciples, saying, and he started out with the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you want to be a disciple, he's telling you how the disciples live and who he's looking for. Learn Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He says, verse 15, And the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. You know where that's going to happen? He said, Every knee shall bow and confess Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. You're going to be brought down. You're going you're gonna to know it. And you're going to say it. He said, But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified and righteous. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were with a cart rope. Oh, he said, Woe unto them that walk around bragging about their sin. Bragging. I heard a man tell me this morning he was listening to a guy that was bragging. That was bragging about overcharging people. Woe unto that man that's bragging about his sin. I've heard women brag about how many men they slept with. I've heard men brag about how many women they slept with. I, I hear people talk about bragging about their sin. Woe unto them that draw that sin, iniquity, around and brag on it and hang on to it and keep it. And say, this is who I am. It don't have to be. Christ died that you could be a new creature. Them old things can pass away. All things can become new. Listen to me. I'm telling you to repent for the time is not. It's high time for you to get right with God. It's high time for the church to get out and preach. It's time for the disciples to get up and work. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job. Listen to me. He said that, that, that say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the whole one of draw nigh and come that we may know it. Listen to what they're saying. They're saying, we've been hearing you talk about God all this time. Where is he at? Let him come that we may know it. I'm telling you, they've been saying that for literally thousands of years. But one day it will come to pass. He said, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Can you see that today? Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. <laughs> he says that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter oh have we ever lived in a time more than which we are right now have we ever lived in a time where they said it was right we don't even look think about TV TV don't even have a good guy anymore the hero is a bad guy. He murders and cusses and sleeps around. He's just not as bad as the ones that he's killing. There is no more good heroes. There, there is nothing. There's, they're not promoting anything good at all. Don't you see where we're at? Don't you see where we're going? 
I hope you can see it. He said, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteousness from him. Listen, woe to unto them that are wise in their own eyes. In the book of Judges, it said, Every man did what he thought was right in his own eyes. Oh, can't you see it? Today we're doing the same thing. We're saying that homosexuality is okay. They're teaching that fornication is okay to sleep around before you get married. They're teaching that's okay. They're teaching these things are right. They're teaching you that your kid can decide if they want to be boy or girl. These things are evil. These things aren't right in the eyes of God. These things are against God. They hate us. We need to stand up and say that is wrong by the word of God. This is wrong. This is wrong. And if they persecute you, glory be to God that you get persecuted. He said, if they, Jesus said, if they did this to the green sheep, what will they do to the dry? We're supposed to be persecuted. I'm not asking you to go out and get somebody to beat you up. But if you stand for the truth, I promise you persecution will come. He says, Therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the shaft, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go up as dust because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. In other words, they're going to be rotten to the core. They may say this is of God, but it ain't. They rotten to the core. Listen to this. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he has stretched forth his hand against them, and has smitten them, and the hills did tremble, and their carcasses was torn in the midst of the streets. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. He's still reaching out. He still wants you to get saved. No matter what. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care what your sexual preference is. I don't care whatever your sin is. It don't matter. Christ died that you may be forgiven. Christ died that you may be a disciple. Christ died to be the head of the church. And we are the arms and feet. And we are the voice. We are the oracle of God that we should be out there preaching the truth. Preaching what the word of God says, not what the word of man says. Preach the truth. If you lose everybody in your church and you're the only one, pre preach to yourself. Preach the truth. Live the truth. Read your Bible for yourself. Take your Bible with you to church. You know how many times I see people without a Bible? Shame. Shame on you. Take your Bible to church and you follow that pastor word for word. Don't you dare listen to me without your Bible. If you want to know what I said, remember Isaiah chapter 5 and go home and read it tonight. 
Listen, we're promised false preachers, false prophets, false doctrine. The Bible says in the last day, they will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear that they have to repent. They want to hear that they can live like they want to and God's going to love them. No, God hates sin. God does not accept sin. It is not okay. I'm telling you today, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. I'm going to close in prayer. Brother Don will be here in just a little bit, but I ain't going nowhere. Amen. I, 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 the Lord put that on my heart and I, I just had to preach it. But, uh, we're going to play this song here. Every knee must bow. George Dean and the Gospel Full. <laughs>